Good morning. How's everyone? Happy Advent. Um, so today we're going to be going through, um, uh, well, our, we're going to continue our series, and today we're going to go through Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And this week, um, in preparing, I, I uh, really could see your faces. Um, and you'll understand why in a moment, but I'd like to ask um, a few questions without killing you, killing your ears. I'm really good at these things. Um, What fears, what sins are weighing you down this morning? What is gripping you? What is it that you're longing for? What is it that you're yearning for? Are you gripped by a secret sin that Satan continues to accuse you with? And even while I say it, your heart rate just went up. Not again. No, I, I can't think about this again. Please, make it stop. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Maybe Satan uses a fear you have to accuse you, to try to destroy your faith. Uh, something you did, like long in the past, he just keeps bringing it up to try to convince you that Christ's blood has not covered it. Maybe it was something that was done to you that you had no control over, but you feel the shame, you feel the weight of the guilt. Do you have a fear that you'll always be alone? That you'll not be a good spouse? That you'll never have a spouse? Do you think that, have you, do you have a fear that um, you'll be a terrible father? You'll be a terrible mother? That you won't make enough money, men? You or someone you love will get sick. Maybe they'll die. That your children will leave the faith never to come back. Or maybe they just will never come. They'll just be good moral people. That your kids will be divorced. Or that they'll have a rotten marriage. That you are not really accepted and that you really don't belong, no matter where you are, no matter who you're with. Maybe that's your fear. 
Maybe you think that no matter how hard you try, you can never make God happy. That he is always looking at you, shaking his head in disappointment. Maybe that's your fear. See, these fears that I just listed have pretty much plagued us since Genesis 3. So you're in good company. However, on this side of the cross, we have an edge. Because, see, we're not waiting for the coming Messiah. We're waiting for his return, his triumphant return. Christ, see, look, this is what we're celebrating. This is not just the birth of a baby, sweet baby Jesus, you know, three and a half pounds, six and a half, whatever the movie said, I don't care. That's not what we're celebrating. We're celebrating the baby who came and fulfilled every prophecy in the Old Testament just in his birth. Then, as he grew, he never sinned. Like, who has kids in here? How long did it take you to figure out they're sinful? Like 15 minutes? So he grows up, and then he fulfills his ministry, and he, 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 does every, he fulfills every part of the law that in 10 trillion years of mulligans, you and I could never do. And then Hebrews tells us, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and suffered its shame. For what? To be reunited with his father and to reunite us to the Father. That's what Advent is about. That is why we sing. That is why we sing. So let's look at the words of this song. Come thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Joy to those who long to see thee, day spring from on high appear. Come thou promised rod of Jesse, of thy birth we long to hear. O'er the hills the angels singing news, glad tidings of a birth. Go to him, your praises bringing, Christ the Lord has come to earth. Come to earth to taste our sadness. He whose glories knew no end. By his life he brings us gladness, our redeemer, shepherd, friend. Leaving riches without number, born within a cattle stall, this the everlasting wonder, Christ was born, Lord of all. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. By thine own sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. Um, this song 
uh, was written by Charles Wesley in 1744. Um, and he put it in a book called Hymns of the Nativity of Our Lord. So everybody get your Amazon app out and you can order that book for your holiday enjoyment. Um, the book was so popular that it was published over 20 times in his lifetime. So eat your heart out, Chris Tomlin. Um, <laughs> Wesley would be balling in today's revenues, I'm just saying. Um, this song is, I mean, you know, you heard it. It's kind of a prayer. It's, it's crying out to God. It's calling out to Jesus to be with his people. It, it captures the longing of ancient Israel, but also our hearts. They longed for the promised one to come and free them. A savior that would reign forever, conquer all their foes, and bring a peace that the world has never seen. This song is a theological discourse, uh, I read, and you probably picked up on that as I read the words. Um, but it comes off the lips pretty well. I really enjoy this song. This is one of my favorites. It's one of those songs that um, maybe in the reality of it, I couldn't. But it's, it's almost one of those songs I could sing once a month, every week. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those songs that um, when I hear you belting out a lot of songs, it, you're not singing to me, but, but it, it, I can't tell you what it does to my soul. And when I hear you guys belt out this song, I'm just like, where's the fiery chariot, man? Um, so let's look at the first verse. We're going to kind of walk through this. I'm going to point you to some scriptures, some themes. Um, so the first verse, uh, line of the first verse, Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. So here we kind of see kind of a, a hearkening back to uh, Genesis 3, where uh, God tells Adam and Eve of the, the, the gospel. It's coming. It's coming. The Savior is coming. He's gonna, he's gonna, his heel is going to be bruised, but he's going to crush the head of Satan. We think about Genesis 12, that um, Jesus is the seed of Abraham that's going to bless every nation. Deuteronomy 18, Jesus is a better Moses. He's going to lead his people into the promised land. He's going to lead them to himself. He is our freedom, not a place, not, not some padded room in heaven. Christ is heaven. So from our fears and sins release us, let us find our rest in thee. Ezekiel 11 tells us that he's going to take our heart of stone and he's going to give us a heart of flesh. Matthew 11, Christ tells us, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. For your souls. 
We're going to talk about this more. But I want, as we go through this, I want you to think about how this is true now. Not in some perfected state when Christ ends all things. But now. I want you to think about the, 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 the labor of being an Israelite, of taking in an animal. You, you, it's got to be a perfect animal. You think you're going to let it just roam out there on the field where it could be attacked? No, you're going to bring it in your home and you're going to raise this animal to be killed. You're not eating this animal it's going to be slaughtered because of your sin. You think Peter would be upset over that? Keeping the law, trying to keep the Sabbath. Oh, okay, so I can't, can I blow my nose today? Can I, what can I do today? I mean, you know, do you feel the weight of that? Do you feel that? Do you feel the weight of trying to keep every jot and every tittle of the law? It's kind of hard because we grew up under an empty tomb. But Christ took all that away. He fulfilled every bit of it. And so we don't have to do any of that. He is our finished work. The next line, Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Psalm 2 talks about uh, the nations are his heritage. That his saving power will be among the nations. Plural, not just Israel, but nations. That's where you and I come in. Um, Psalm 67. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. What's there to be joyous about? Well, through Christ, you are brought near to God. Matthew 13, Jesus tells us that the kingdom of God is is like a field, and the guy goes and he, he finds this treasure in it. And from his joy, he sells everything, man. He sells it all just to buy the field. Christ came to set up an everlasting kingdom among the nations. Men from every tribe and tongue can sing for joy. That your sins are washed away. Your shame and your guilt have been taken away. It's gone. Praise Christ Almighty, it's gone. Ephesians tells us, Ephesians tells us that that he has torn down the wall of hostility. Okay, so let's pretend we're all Jews in here. Well, no, we're not Jews, but we're like proselytes. We're Gentiles, but we're trying to be Jews, right? So we go into the temple where there's this thing called the court of the Gentiles. And you can look it up, but let me just tell you, you better stay in the court of the Gentiles or it's not going to go well for you, bro. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like you can only get in so far. But not anymore. Christ brought us in. 
And therefore, he is the joy to those who long to see thee. Day spring from on high appear. Come, thou promised rod of Jesse, of thy birth we long to hear. John 8, um, Christ tells us that Abraham rejoiced when he saw Christ's day. Of course, they wanted to kill him when he said that, but... uh, (laughs) Isaiah 11 tells us that a shoot of Jesse will make the earth right again. That no bad thing will ever happen again. And God's enemies will be crushed. So back in the first, you know, uh, pre-Jesus, B.C., if you will. um, Every time a son was born, they wondered... This is him? This one? Kendrick? That's your boy. Hey. This is him? Is that him? Is this him? No. No, guess not. When's he coming? Will he ever come? Will he ever show up and free us? Over and I mean, think about it. How many children are born? And every time in, this, in the nation of Israel... They wondered, is little Levi him? (laughs) You know? We have no concept of that because we know who he is. But can you imagine living under that kind of waiting and longing for this Messiah? uh, I've I've been... uh, going through the Bible in a year. Um, and I'm doing it through audio. Um, the uh, ESV app has a good, good, good way to do that. And um, so I got to the, I got to the, you know, the baguettes are tough when you're reading it, right? You're just like, oh gosh, okay. I don't even know how to say these names. Like, it's not that bad on audio. Um, the sacrificial system, whether you're reading it or not, it's tough. I, I mean, like, how many ways can we kill this dove? How many ways can we kill this lamb? You will take the blood, you will sprinkle it, you will snap the neck, you will... And it, it's tough to get through. I'm just being honest with you. It's tough. It's not like reading the first chapter of Ephesians, it's, it's, you know, it's a little laborious. So let me give you my, my three-volume desk reference set theological takeaways from the sacrificial system. Number one, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we, and that thank you that I was born in the time that you decided to place me. That I do not have to do all this stuff. I can rest in Christ and his sacrifice. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Now, the other takeaway is that, man, my sin must be pretty ugly and cause a lot of bloodshed. That's the other. 
But, like in every great story, like in every great song of old, there's a turn. The hero shows up. He crashes through the window, right? Where's Superman? Oh, he's flying in. He's coming by. He'll just turn the world around, right? This is way better than Superman. It's way better than Spider-Man. But Christ shows up to save the day. There's a, there's a, this was written by Pierce Pettis, but uh, a songwriter I, I really like uh, sang it, and the song is called If It Wasn't For The Night. And the song, look it up sometimes, it, it's very moving. Um, the, the first verse basically talks about someone who basically everything they've ever done has crumbled. And on the eve of Christmas Day, they really have no reason to live. And so it goes through the refrain. And then the last verse. If it wasn't for the babe, lying helpless in the straw, there would be no Christmas Day, and the night would just go on. When it seems that death has won, buried deep beneath the snow, where the summer leaves have gone, the seed of hope will grow. And then the refrain, even now, somehow, in the bitter wind and cold, impossibly strong, I know. Even then, a bloom as tender as a rose was breaking through the snow in the dark night of the soul, in the dark night of the soul. But the dark night of the soul, it doesn't have to last hours, minutes, days, weeks, months, or years. Because or the hills, the angels singing news, glad tidings of a birth. Go to him, your praises bringing Christ, the Lord has come to earth. The dark night of the soul has been conquered. It's been conquered. Jesus says, take my yoke upon me, on you, and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's a now thing. Look at what he says. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. It's now. You're learning now. Not when Christ comes again, although that's true. <laughs> but it's now. Whether you're in a dark night of the soul or not, you can rest in Christ because he's got you. He knows. He knows. He's not ignorant. And he's not ignoring you. We should be the ones living out Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. We should be filled with such love that we fulfill the verse, Hebrews 13, 15. Um, 
Through Christ, we can offer a continual sacrifice of praise to the Father, and that is the fruit of our lips. When the enemy tries to get us down, when he accuses us over and over, we can go and do exactly what Psalm, well, not exactly, I don't think anybody plays the liar, but um, Psalm 43, then I will go to the altar of God to my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the lyre, O oh God, my God. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Hope in God, for I shall praise him again, my salvation and my God. You see, we do not have a Savior who doesn't know what it's like. Far from it. Because he was come to earth to taste our sadness. He whose glories knew no end. Isaiah 53 says, Surely he bore our griefs. Hebrews 4, 15, Christ is the high priest that knows our pain. He is tempted, but without sin. By his life, he brings us gladness, our redeemer, shepherd, and friend. John 10 reminds us, Christ says, I'm the good shepherd. That's a pretty bold statement. I mean, you, you better be right. <laughs> Galatians 3 reminds us that he redeemed us from the curse of the law. So we've been thinking about all this stuff from the Old Testament. We're not under that. And I think people are nuts that want to go back to it. John 15 I call you friends. John 15 tells me, he he looks at him, he says, you're my friends. Do you realize that? Do you realize that? That that you, if you are a believer in Christ, if you have been redeemed by his blood, if you hate your sin and you want it to go away and leave you alone, you're a friend of God. I'm talking about the God who created space, time, and matter, who sees nebula that we can't even see, who has blood cells in our body that have a language. You want to talk about the gift of tongues? Like, we have blood cells that grab onto a germ and try to figure it out, and then they grab a buddy, and they start talking, and then they start talking, and then they start grabbing hold of it. Did you know that? God spoke that into being. And he calls you friend. Wow. How could we be so arrogant? To think that we aren't forgiven. How could we be so arrogant to think that our sin is bigger than God? Leaving riches without number, born within a cattle stall. This the everlasting wonder. Christ was born Lord of all. Philippians reminds us that, uh, you know, Christ was equal with God. He didn't grasp at it. 
but he submitted himself to, to, to death on a cross. John 17, Christ prays the high priestly prayer. Um, he prays that he will be restored to the Father in the glory that was theirs before the world even existed. So remind us that he was eternal. Revelation 13 reminds us that he was the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the world. And I want you to think about that for just a second. Before it happened, he already was. Put that on a whiteboard for a few minutes and try to figure that out. <laughs> Before it happened, Christ was already the Lamb. Um, if, if Christ was willing to leave a glory and majesty that, that we can't even conceive, do you think he may care? more than we could ever possibly understand. I, I'm not going to camp out on this, but um, um, many of you know I, I lost my brother when I just turned 15 years old. Um, he was a lot like a father figure. He was 13 years older than me. Um, it's affected my life. Um, if you know anything about the Enneagrams, I'm a nine. I want everybody to be good with each other. I want everybody to be happy, lovey-dovey, that kind of thing. And I think part of the reason that is is because I looked at my brother and I said, I'll see you when you get back from the store. And in an instant, like all my dreams were shattered. He was supposed to be the best man at my wedding. We were supposed to watch our kids grow up. He was studying to be a pastor. I was supposed to go to his church. Gone. And that really jacked with me for quite a few years. I mean, I'm 46, and I don't understand why he took him out. I never will. But one thing I do know is that in the depths of the pain from that, some of you have lost people. You've lost parents. You've lost, I mean, in the depths of that pain, he's right there reminding me this is just temporary. This is just temporary. And more importantly, when we think about Christ and his love for us, folks, we, like he was rejected by the Father. And that's a closeness that I, we don't understand. We get a glimpse of it from losing loved ones, from being rejected by people that love us. Those are just glimpses. And through all of that, we know that Christ will never forsake us. He is always in the midst of our pain. And he is the one that we can trust. Because you see, he was born by people to deliver. 
born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring. Bring it now. Bring it now. Not in the hereafter, but right now. The already not yet. Christ has broken the chains of Satan, sin, and death. Romans 6 reminds us that, that we have been crucified with Christ. So don't let sin reign in your bodies. Well, why is that? That's because his kingdom is now. He's defeated it. He has power over Satan, sin, and death. John eight thirty six. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Right on. <laughs> you are free indeed. Man. Isaiah 7 reminds us about the virgin birth that would bring us Emmanuel, God with us. And it's not, it's not the what would Jesus do. If he were here, I mean, if he were here, what would he do? I don't know. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. He's in us by his spirit. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. Jesus said, if I don't leave, I can't send you the spirit. And that's how you're going to abide in me. Joel 2 tells us that he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Whoever believes in him will be saved. Romans 10. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and confess with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For, script, for the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I will take your heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh. There's nothing that we earn. He gives it to us freely. By thine own sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. Philippians 3, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, my Lord. For this sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish or dung in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. That's where we're waiting on right now. That's where we're at. Resurrection from the dead. So, again, I ask you, what, what fears, what sins are gripping you? Are you drowning them out? 
Are you trying to numb it? Food, drink, entertainment. Maybe you just like to gossip about people and that's how you drive it out. Maybe you just, you're prideful. You have spiritual pride. And that's how you drown it out. Maybe it's self introspection. Just always, oh, I'm just such a terrible person. Which is pride. How's that working for you? Is it working for you? Because it ain't working for me, I can tell you that. <laughs> it's not. And it never will. Because Christ came to set us free. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And that's not just a trite thing you put on a coffee cup. So who is God? Well, he is the one who has borne our griefs. And he knows our sorrows. What has he done? He has brought us, he has bought us out of slavery with the very blood of Jesus. You are not enslaved to your sins. You are not enslaved to your fears. You do not serve a master. You do not serve a savior king that doesn't get it. He's in it with you. And he is making you like Christ. I've said this before. There have been times in my life where all I had was Romans 8. And that's all, I could, that's all I could grab onto. But I had to believe it. I had to. That's all I had. I just said those verses over and over and over my head. Okay, you've called me. You've predestined me. You've elected me. This is for my good. You're making me like Christ. I've just got to trust you. You may be there. You may not be there. You may be like, man, my life is rolling. But it's going to stop. <laughs> Who are we? Well, we are his precious children. We are his friends. A people belonging to him that he loves and will be there now as well as all eternity. When I think about, so the, let's, let's fast, fast forward because we're waiting on the second return, right? And I miss my parents. I miss my brother. Uh, there are other family members I miss. Um, like, we're going to be together again. But you know what? Right now, right now, they are looking at the holy mount of God the essence and where Christ reigns from on high in heaven. They're seeing it right now. So if you have loved ones that have gone on, that's where they are. And if you opened heaven, they ain't coming back. <laughs> I can tell you right now, Jeff Bonner will be like, hey, buddy, you need to come up here. The bass are huge. You wouldn't believe it. Just kidding. But that's what we have to look forward to. Being together, knowing everyone like, like we know you, like I, even better, because we see Christ. But right now, 
right now, I think we should, in light of all this, I think we should pray and sing. O come, thou long-expected Jesus. From our fears and sins, release us. Would you come? Would you come? As we await your second coming, Maranatha, Lord. Maranatha, would you come? Father, we are so grateful that we can declare at the top of our lungs, come thou long-expected Jesus, and you will come. In the midst of our pain, in the midst of our longing, in the midst of our yearning, in the midst of our happiness, it doesn't matter. You will come. And you will let us enjoy you. You will let us be with you. You long to be with us, Father, through Christ. There will be a day when we're all together. But now I pray that we would learn to enjoy your presence now. That we would turn from our sins, we would turn from our fears. That we would reach out to brothers and sisters in Christ for encouragement. That we would not let the enemy have a foothold. That we would strive together with our faces fixed towards you. Our beautiful, amazing, wonderful shepherd, counselor, savior, and friend. In the strong, beautiful name of Christ, I pray. Amen.